Hear now these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that was written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Friends, the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. The passage that we just read is at the end of a section in the Bible that Grandma was particularly fond of. All of the 1 Corinthians 15 passages about the resurrection of Christ, and if you'd showed up in the past few months of her life and wanted to talk Bible, she'd want to talk 1 Corinthians 15 with you. It's about the resurrection of Christ and all of those, the resurrection of all of those who are in Christ at the final day. You can see why a passage like this interested her so much at the end of her life. It speaks in this incredible language of those about the final resurrection of those who have fallen asleep. It's a, just a euphemism for those who have died trusting in Christ. They have fallen asleep in Christ. One incredible statement from this passage is that it doesn't deny the reality of the sting of death. The Christian is, is not one that lives in a truth-denying reality as though death has no sorrow. We don't pretend like the hardness and the finality of death isn't sorrowful. Sin has a sting, and its sting is death. And there's no way to avoid this morning that loss has been suffered. Someone that we love, we will not see again in this life. And because of that, a very real part of who we are, we have lost. We have said goodbye to someone that has meant so much to our very own lives. The sting of death is real. Yet in this passage that we just read, we hear a thankfulness from the mouth of Paul as well. How can anyone look into the face of death and yet remain and find anything to be thankful for? Paul could, he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that makes us pause. What news could there possibly be that would take real-life sorrow, such as death, and turn it into something that we could be thankful in the midst of? How can anyone look at the hard truth of a life ended and give thanks? The thankfulness is this. Not that death has happened, 
but in the truth that death is not all there is. Paul is not thankful for death, but thankful for the victory that comes to every believer in Christ beyond the reality of death. Death forces us all to face the truth that something is not right with the world. We look at death and we realize that there is something broken, and something is. Death has come into the world through the sinfulness of man. Our rebellion, first sown by our first father Adam in the garden and faithfully continued in all of us, has brought death upon the world. What happens in death is a consequence of the sinfulness of man. However, there's something even more sorrowful than death. It is death apart from Christ. All of the thankfulness of Paul, all of his confidence in the face of death is grounded upon the one who has placed their faith in Christ. Consequently, the one who dies outside of Christ, there is no good news for. There is no joy to look forward to. The punishment for sin is still upon them. And not only will they feel the sting of death, but they'll feel the sting of eternal punishment. But this is where the good news comes in. This is where the gospel light shines out. In the face of this hard and dark reality, the gospel tells us a news of a Savior who has come to rescue sinners from the penalty that they deserve. Jesus Christ comes to earth and he lives the righteous life everyone everywhere has been commanded to live. And he dies the death that each one of us as sinners has deserved so that anyone and everyone who believes this message, repenting of their sin, can be forgiven of this sin and reconciled to God. They will be forgiven. They'll be brought back into the family. They will be given eternal hope found only in Christ. If the hope that is found only in Christ is their hope, they have a future that when Christ will return, the First Corinthians 15 passage tells us, that Christ will return to resurrect their bodies, to be like his glorious body, and to know nothing but ceaseless days of joy with him in a new heavens and a new earth. This is exactly what Isaiah 65 describes in this way. It says this, For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, for the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress." Wisdom is taking these moments of clarity and taking stock of our own lives. What is the hope that we are trusting in? Where does our confidence lie? If you'd asked Grandma what her favorite passage in the Bible was, the answer I usually got was Philippians 4.13. It says this, it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I believe Jenny found this verse taped to her in her bathroom. Philippians 4.13. Some quote I, it says this. I can do 
all things through him, meaning Christ who strengthens me. Some quote this passage as an affirmation for confidence in whatever they face. I can go through this and I can succeed. I know how to abound. But, the, but Grandma knew the real context of Philippians 4.13. Back a verse, Paul says this. He says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This passage is for steadying yourself in the midst of all the trials, difficulties, and sorrows of this life. The person confessing this can with confidence say they can face not only plenty and hunger, not only abundance and need, but also life and death, and face it trusting that Christ will carry them through it and strengthen them through it. Christ will do this because it is part of his ultimate plan to rescue all who are his by faith. You see, though death is so strong and so stark for us today, the reality of death is so stark and strong for us today, the truth that Scripture holds out is that one day, death itself will die. Hebrews 2.15 tells us that one reason why Christ came in the flesh to die was so that he would destroy the one who has the power of death, the devil, and destroy him he has. We cannot forget Resurrection Sunday. Death could not hold our Savior in the grave, and it will not hold those who are his. He has promised a coming Resurrection. He has promised in the words of Revelation 21.4 a day when he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. As we mourn the loss of grandma, as we grieve, do not let your feet leave the grounding reality of this hope. We turn from our sins. We look to Christ as the Savior. We seek by the Spirit to live in a way that pleases the Father. And we rejoice in the face of whatever comes our way that no one who hopes in Him will finally be disappointed. No one who puts their hope in Christ will finally be disappointed. Abundance and need, plenty and hunger, life and death, through all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In the final analysis, no one who comes to Christ will feel disappointed. Though this day feels so final, with death and all that it brings, the final day of the Lord is yet to come. And all the, on that day, all who hope in Him will rejoice without end. This is the hope that a Christian dies with. And this is the hope that those who are left behind hold on to. Let's pray. Father, help us now. As we mourn our loss, we ask for the strengthening hope of the gospel. God, I ask for the strengthening hope of the gospel to shine into the heart of everyone gathered in this place this morning as we remember Grandma and rejoice and say our thankfulness for all that she was, God. 
we need a sure rock of hope. We need a sure foundation in the face of death. And it is the foundation of the hope that is found in your son, the Savior, Jesus Christ, that on the final day, the day is coming when our Savior will return. And all those who are in the graves will spring to life. And all those who are left will be gathered up to meet them in the air. And so we will always be with you. And Father, may that hope strengthen this family, strengthen those who knew Grandma and loved her. May that be the grounding hope of everything as we move forward from this day, God. Help us to live in ways that honor her memory. But most of all, God, Help us in our thankfulness for the work of Christ. Help us to live in ways that glorify you and ground ourselves on the hope that is found in you. Give us eyes to see the eternal joy that is found in the good news of the gospel. Help us, even now, to ground our life upon this one sure and certain hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.